Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Revival Now broadcast. My name is James Brandt, and I'm coming to you live from Clarkston, Michigan this morning. The countdown has begun. A Holy Ghost party is going to be erupting in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area this Saturday, June 30th. The meeting begins at 6 p.m. at the Holiday Inn Express South. For more information about the Grand Rapids Revival Experience, go to my website at jamesbrandt, that's B-R-A-N-D-T, dot org. Or you can go to the same website by logging on to revivalchristian.org. Also, I'm going to be in the Detroit, Michigan area, my hometown, doing a Revival Experience meeting at the Concord Inn in Rochester Hills, Michigan area, at 59 and Crooks Road. That meeting begins at 7 p.m. I always love doing the hometown meetings. Also, West Coast, Los Angeles area. I'm going to be coming back Saturday, August 25th at 7 p.m. That meeting begins. And that will that revival experience is going to be held at the Courtyard Marriott, right by the Santa Ana Airport. So Los Angeles, West Coast, get there. Wherever you are in the United States, wherever you are, get to these meetings. Grand Rapids this Saturday. Next month, Detroit, Michigan area. August. Los Angeles, California area. I'm telling you, I call them. The Lord gave me the name Revival Experience. Really, that's what my ministry is all about. I have a heart to ignite revival in the hearts of people, to stir them up, to to, to lead them into a closer walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, to evangelize the lost, and equip the body of Christ. How many of you know that the body of Christ needs a lot of equipping right now? Much of the body of Christ is in shambles. Much of the body of Christ is being uh, run over, steamrolled by the enemy right now. I hate it. I can't stand it. And you know what? I'm doing something about it. 
So I call these meetings Revival Experiences. So come and experience revival in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan area, and Los Angeles. Stay tuned. I will be scheduling more meetings and possibly even doing regular meetings, obviously, in my home area here, and possibly the Grand Rapids area. So stay tuned for that. I'm telling you, you need a healing in your body. Do you feel like you need deliverance? Are you in bondage? Do you have addictions in your life? What's going on in your life? Is your life a mess? Do you feel backslidden from God? Do you want to come back to him? Do you have a desire to walk in the power and anointing? Are you tired of sucking on the spiritual bottle of milk and milk alone? Do you need some meat? Then come to these revival experiences. Come to these meetings. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost shows up in a mighty way. There is nothing like experiencing the manifest presence of God. There has just been an increase of the manifest presence and glory of God in my meetings. Number one, it's because I've been pressing in. I I want more of him. And the experience that happened to me in 2007, where I broke through, some of you know what I'm talking about, where you break through into the realm of the Spirit like never before. My eyes were open to the realm of the Spirit. For those of you who have never heard my testimony, you can go to uh, my blog website, blog and podcast website at Revival Christ- or Revival Podcast.org. I have the testimony right there on that website. And you can also go to the very first Revival Now broadcast from Blog Talk Radio where I talked about the experience that I had with the Lord. My eyes were open. I seen God move in a mighty way. I seen angels. I'm telling you, go and read that. And ever since that experience in 2007, God, there is just more. There is more. Never stop seeking God. Never stop. I'm telling you right now. You will never, let's put it this way, you will never hit a pinnacle in your life on this earth with God. What does that mean? It means that you can always go higher with him. I believe that that God has such a level for his people to walk in that we haven't even tapped in to what he wants us to walk in and what he desires for us in his anointing, in his power. I'm telling you right now. And so at these revival experience meetings, I'm going to be sharing with you keys that, from the word of God, of course, that God showed me on how to go into a deeper relationship with him. How to press in like never before. And I believe that if you come to these meetings, and other people who have come to my meetings in the past have said that there was an impartation at those meetings. And and God has used them. One lady um, who I met at the Los Angeles Revival Experience recently, she emailed me and said how since the meeting... God has been using her in a mighty way, especially in the gift of prophecy. She said that her boldness has just increased. Her faith level has increased. Well, guys, that's what God wants to do in every person's life in the body of Christ. There is so much work to be done for him. And because some people are unwilling to step up and play their part and to do their part in the body of Christ, I'm telling you right now, God is looking. His eyes wander to and fro over the whole earth, looking for those who have faith, looking for those who have a desire to be used by him. And guess what? You're one of them that he wants to use. So I'm just simply a tool in that and and wanting to equip the body of Christ 
and pass on what the Lord has given me. So come on out, join us. It's going to be an awesome time. There is nothing like experiencing the presence of God. It's the, the Word of God says the anointing, the presence of the Holy Spirit. The anointing destroys the yoke. And I'm telling you right now, if you're holding on to earthly things, if you're counting earthly things more valuable than heavenly things, you are in deception in your life right now. Because there is nothing. The things that you see on this earth, everything you see, all the riches, all the beautiful homes, all the uh, uh, very nice cars, everything, everything you see is going to fade away. But the eternal things, the invisible things, the, the eternal things, how many of you are storing up treasures in heaven? You know, so many people are concerned about storing up earth, earthly um, earthly riches, earthly things for retirement on this earth, and not even thinking about storing up treasures in heaven. There's even a scripture in the Word of God that talks about being rich toward God. I don't know about you, but I want to be rich toward God. The Word of God says that we are pilgrims on this earth. We're foreigners. We're strangers on this earth as the body of Christ, as Christians, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are foreigners. But, us, but many Christians, many foreigners are trying to, trying to fit into everything on this earth. Guess what? It's not going to happen. If you're, if you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, if, if you're exalting his word, if you're feeding on his word, if you want to live by his word, guess what? You're going to be an outcast on this earth. Did you know that? So stop trying to fit in. Jesus said these words. He said all those, or the word of God says that all those who will live godly on this earth, will suffer persecution. But you know what? I, I find out that there's a lot of Christians trying to prove Jesus wrong. And so they try to fit in with the world and do what the world wants to do to go with the flow of the enemy because they don't want persecution. Well, that is where your focus is off course. Are you hearing me, somebody? It said so so here's the thing expect persecution failed expectations are are only going to take place if you raise the bar so high and you didn't reach that bar that's where that's that's where discouragement comes and all that hello jesus jesus just as any other promise in the word of god this promise is just as sure, just as true. He said, if you're going to live godly for me, you will be persecuted. So guess what? That should kind of be a little road mark there. Kind of figure out, hmm, okay, am I getting resistance in my life or are things just seeming so easy? Now, why is that? Is it because I'm trying to fit in and go with the flow of the world system? Are you hearing me? Am I standing up for what's right? Am I standing up for the word of God? The Bible says that this world system... The world system is controlled by the God of this world or the God of this age. And it's a small g. It's talking about Satan. Talking about the world system. Then in Psalms it says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Do you see that? Listen to me. 
the the flow of the world system is controlled by the enemy. But the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's why we as Christians on this earth, we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a warfare against the forces of darkness. It is a spiritual battle. It's not a battle in the natural. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have from a college, from a seminary. It doesn't matter. This is a spiritual battle, not an intellectual battle. And I believe that is why Jesus picked the disciples who were unlearned men. Come on, somebody. But listen to me. Those unlearned men shaked, they, they shook the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because they were obedient. Here's another thing that the body of Christ really needs to, to learn and, and hold on to and, and really meditate upon this truth. Are you ready for this? We need childlike faith. Let me say it again. We need. It is a requirement. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion from the Word of God. We are to come to God and believe God with childlike faith. But listen to me. A lot of people try to come to God with adult arrogance. Are you hearing me, somebody? Childlike faith. Childlike faith means that our total dependency, 110%, is upon God and upon his word. That we don't have to figure, listen to this, you don't have to figure everything out in your natural mind before you start believing God. That's childlike faith. Where you come to the point of surrender in your life. Say, God, you know, your word says to do this in my natural mind. This really doesn't make sense. How is this going to change anything? Well, that's all. Hey, listen to me. That's the key right there. Surrendering your will to believing God's will. It's, you know, here's the deal. I'm a pilot, all right? I have a commercial pilot license, and I'm a flight instructor. And there's IFR rules, instrument flight rules. That means that those rules, that means flying when you're in the clouds, flying by reference to the instruments only. Because you can't see anything. You don't have any visual reference on the outside of that aircraft. You can't look out of the window and say, oh, there's that road, oh, there's that city, there's that city. No, because you are in the clouds. The only thing you have to fly by is looking at the instruments in the aircraft. And guess what? You have to trust those instruments with your life. And then you start to get these weird sensations. You're, you're looking at these instruments. The instruments are telling you that you are straight and level in the clouds, right? But all of a sudden, you, you feel like you're starting to go into a, a, into a turn. And you almost feel like, like you're sideways. But you're looking at the instruments, and the instruments are saying you're okay. My point is this, is that your body will try to tell you something different for, from what the truth really is. Your natural mind, your flesh will tr try to tell you something different. Your flesh will try to tell you, the flesh and the enemy will try to tell you that there is a better way to go than God's word. But God says, no, 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 no. You stay focused on the instrument of my word. My instrument, my word will keep you straight and level in the clouds, in the fog of your life, in the trials of your life. It's when we get our eyes off of, the, off of the Word of God is when we will spin, we'll, we'll go into a stall and we'll spin right into the ground out of control because we took our eyes off, our focus off of the Word of God. So 
someone's taking hold of this right now. So we need childlike faith. Again, I want to say this point because it's so important for you to take hold of this point. That you do not have to make natural sense, earthly sense in your own natural mind. You don't have to make natural sense in your mind before you believe and obey the word of God. I'm thinking of the account of Abraham in Genesis. God told him to go, to leave his hometown, leave his area. But here's the thing. Are you ready for this? God didn't tell him where he was going yet. It wasn't until Abraham made the move that he put action to his faith. He said, all right, God said it. You know what? I trust God. I trust God with my life. And I'm going to pack up my belongings, and we are getting out of this town. Why? Because it makes sense to him in the natural? No. No, not at all. So why? Because he had childlike faith in God. And if God says it, that settles it. So Abraham packs up, and Abraham moves, and then more instructions come as he moves forward. Ah, my, my, my. Listen to me. The Word of God is so rich and packed with truth for your life. Many of you listening to me right now, either live or in the archive broadcast, your life is a mess. You feel like you're going into a tailspin. You feel like you're getting ready to crash in life. And God says, get your eyes back on my word. Get your focus back on my word and, your, and put it into action. Just believe me. Trust me with your life. Listen to me. You came in to this earth naked. Okay, you you didn't come out of your mommy with a three piece suit on, okay, or a, or a beautiful dress. Let me. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but you didn't. You came in to this earth naked. You need to trust God as your provider. And so, an account comes to me right now from the Word of God where there are multitudes of people around Jesus. And all this, Jesus says something, and all of a sudden these people just start to leave. They start to walk away. And Jesus says to Peter, are you going to leave me also? Listen to Peter's response. He said, Lord, where would I go? Where would I go? What would compare to know you? And my question to you is this. So if you're choosing not to believe God, if you're choosing not to get into his word, if you're choosing not to put his word into practice, here's, here's my question to you. Where do you think that you are going doing that? Let me, let me say this. How's that working out for you? It's not. What are you going to do? Are you turning your back away from God? What's the other alternative? Walking away from God and living in hell for eternity? I'll tell you right now, your only hope, my only hope in this life and in that which is to come is through knowing Jesus Christ And having him and making him Lord over your life. What does that mean? It means allowing him to have the final say in your life. Making him Lord, boss, head honcho <laughs> in your life. That's it. That's the key. Get in the word. Start reading the word and start reading it with the fact of 
How can I ask yourself this in every verse? How can I apply what I just read in this verse, in this passage of scripture, in this paragraph? How can I apply this into uh, into my life? The Bible says, faith without works is dead. Do you have dead faith or living faith? See, that's why the Bible says that we need to examine our hearts all the time. What does that mean? Examine our motive, the motivation of our heart. What's our motivation? Why are you doing certain things? Is it to be seen by other people, or is it to please God? What's your motivation? And again, I want to ask you this. Are you rich? I don't care if you're rich in the natural. I, I, don't, I could care less. I don't care about that one bit. The fact is, I've never seen a U-Haul follow a hearse to the cemetery you're not going to take it with you. So, so I'm not talking about earthly riches here at all. Are you rich toward God, your creator? Are you pouring yourself into him? Are you allowing him to pour into you? And I'll be back in a moment. Michigan sharing the word of God with you. If anybody uh, listening has a prayer request, I would love to pray with you over the broadcast. Pick up the phone. Give me a call at 760-825-0957. That's area code 760-825-0957. But until then, I want to carry on here because I have a lot to say. You know, preachers always have a lot to say. (laughs) I love it. So I'm talking about several different things here. Last thing I was referring to is talking about childlike faith. We need childlike faith. It means surrendering yourself to your Heavenly Father. It means that everything that you do for God does not necessarily have to be processed in your mind for you to approve it. If God says it, if his word says it, do it. Here's another thing. Some of you are questioning, well, God, what am I supposed to do? What, what's your will for my life? What's your will for my ministry? How do you want to use me? Well, I'll tell you how he wants to use you. Every Christian, the word of God reveals, every Christian needs to be teaching, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be evangelizing. Getting the word of God out there, sowing seed of the word in the hearts of the people. We need to be praying for people. We need to be praying for the sick, laying hands on the sick, watching them recover, casting out demons. Are you hearing me? This, my friend, is normal to God. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Again, this is how the world has crept into the body of Christ. We have lowered our standards 
to worldly standards. We have defined our words by worldly words. The word normal, that's relative. It's a relative word. It means it changes for every individual. But here's what you need to go by. You need to go by the standard or what's normal to God. So here's the thing. Many in the body of Christ, what many in the body of Christ call radical, God calls normal. Oh, my, my, my. That is a fact. See, this is, this is why I always say one, my mission is to bring back the early church normal. What, do I, what am I talking about? The, the, the boldness, the, I'm going to say radicalness, but it's really the normal. It's the early church normal. So a whole bunch of contaminants have come into the body of Christ. And one of those things being is the seeker-sensitive movement in the body of Christ. I See, I have no problem coming against that because I know God's heart on that topic. Anytime that we take away from the Word of God, just because we don't want to offend people, Come on. I, I see the devil in the details there. And it's interesting. One of the main things in the seeker-sensitive movement that they will take away and not talk about is the Holy Spirit baptism, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, notice, notice what the enemy doesn't want people to understand or know. It, 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 I guarantee you this, it all boils down to the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that brings the power to the Christian. <laughs> I, guys, listen to me. The seeker-sensitive movement, it's totally unbiblical. It is against the Word of God. All right. Yeah, guess what? It's going to bring a crowd because if, if you're not willing to offend people with the truth, you bet it's going to fill the pews, man. It's going to fill the seats of that auditorium. But listen to me. The seeker-sensitive movement in the body of Christ today is like enlisting, enlisting soldiers and sending them out without weapons into a battle. And that's exactly what the seeker-sensitive movement does in the body of Christ. Give people the full truth. And here's the deal. <clears throat> I mentioned it on the last broadcast. I'm going to say it again. On any given topic, someone, someone in the body of Christ thinks that, that the Holy Spirit baptism is a second experience, which that's what the Word says. Someone thinks it is. It doesn't think it is a second experience from salvation. Guess what? Someone's wrong. They both can't be right. So, you know, what, what we've done is because we don't want to offend people, well, you know what, go ahead and we're just going to let them think that they're right and this one think that they're right. No, listen to me. This should motivate the body of Christ, every Christian, to get into the Word of God, to seek the truth for ourselves. And if there's evidence to support that truth, then, then here's the deal. If that evidence is provided to an individual from the Word of God and says, see, right here it is, here it is, all, all through the Word, it shows that this is a fact at that point, that person who's wrong, if they decide to push aside the evidence from the Word of God and choose to believe a lie, guess what they just did? They made their own thought life an idol in their life. They just exalted their own thoughts. They exalted maybe their denominational beliefs above the word of God. Now tell me this, how can that be pleasing to God? 
I'm not saying that those individuals who who believe that lie that that they're not saved. I'm not saying that because to get saved, you need to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, right? You got to believe that He died on the cross, that He was raised from the dead three days later. The resurrection is key to being born again. If you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God, you're choosing to live for him. Guess what? You're born again. Faith in Jesus Christ saves an individual and allows them to be born again. But here's the deal. Many try to minimize now the other truths in the word of God. Okay? They try to minimize it. But I'm here to say that anything that is in the Word of God, God does not minimize that thing. My point is this. There is a purpose for that thing. So so we try to put our human priority list on these different things. And God is, is trying to tell the, the body of Christ, hey, hey, you know what? No, this is important. There, there's a purpose of why I put this in here. There's a purpose for casting out demons. There is a purpose for, for desiring to prophesy. There's a purpose for every spiritual gift. There is a purpose for praying in tongues. There is a purpose for water baptism. There is a purpose for miracles, signs, and wonders. So why do we try to put our little spin on it and prioritize it and just set that thing on the shelf? But it's interesting to me that the things that Satan just, I mean, that there is just major division on in the body of Christ are things connected to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> My goodness. Body of Christ, we need to wake up. Don't minimize, don't minimize any of these topics. Because the goal of these things... Do you know what the, the main goal is in the Holy Spirit baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit baptism? Acts chapter 19, verse 2, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That was after. That was after the, the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Christ. That was after. In other words, that's the time that we're living in now. That's the dispensation of grace that we're living in right now. Have you received? I'm going to ask you the same thing. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? It's inferring it's a second experience. Do you want to know what the main purpose of the Holy Spirit baptism is? To be a witness, a powerful witness, to walk in the power that God has for you, the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you right now, if you have not received the Holy Spirit since you believed, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit baptism, you're lacking in your Christian walk. I'm not saying you're not born again if you haven't received the Holy Spirit baptism. But you're operating at about 50%. Are you hearing me? And you need to receive that everything that God has for you because there is a purpose. And I'll tell you right now, there is a purpose why the, why the enemy is blinding you from this truth. And the purpose is this, because he knows. Look at, look at the disciples. Look at the 120 in the upper room that received the Holy Spirit baptism. They received the Holy Ghost. Look at how they, they shook things up. Come on, without internet, without satellite, without TV, without radio. Just with the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost, 
I heard one preacher say that when you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit in your spirit, which you do. But when you receive the Holy Spirit baptism, the Holy Ghost gets you. <laughs> See, to come to the point to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, there has to be a surrender. There has to be total surrender. Look at the things that come along with it. When you receive the Holy Spirit baptism, you receive every person, every Christian that receives the Holy Spirit baptism receives the prayer, a prayer language or the, the ability to pray in tongues, which, by the way, that is separate from the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about is for a public assembly. Now, here's another thing that kind of trips people up about that. That you, people say, well, you can't use your prayer language in public. Sure you can. If you're just praying to God between you and him, you're not, you're not trying to give a, a public message to an assembly or a congregation. There is nothing wrong with you using your prayer language so they hear you. But it's not to them. It's between you and God. But the gift of the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit prompts you to stand up, everyone has your attention, and you give a message in tongues. That's when you need an interpreter. And then, and then you know, because sometimes when, when I'm at the altar or, or whatever, I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of walk back and forth, and I'm praying in the Spirit. And I have other people. I say, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost... Pray in tongues right now. So we're all praying in tongues. We're praying to God. We're not trying to give a – the gift of tongues is not an operation there, trying to give a message to the congregation. We're just praying just as if I said, everyone in here, just pray. And, and we're all praying in English to God at the same time. You following me? Oh, my – you see, it's so clear the tactics of the enemy to me. It's it's just it's just really unbelievable how deception can work, and people just don't see this the truth. The fact is, this many has have lifted up their their beliefs, their beliefs. Follow me their beliefs above the truth of God's word. And the Bible says, keep yourselves from idols. What is an idol? An idol is anything in your life. Say anything. Anything in your life that you lift above God. Anything. Finances, house, money, job, Spouse, children, God is supposed to be number one. Now, here's the thing. Many people get freaked out when they hear that because they're, they're thinking, oh, what's God going to require me? No, here's the thing. When God is number one in your life and all of your decisions are based upon his word, everything in your life will fall into place perfectly for you that see but but in our natural mind we get tripped up because the human nature the human fleshly nature wants control over everything in our own life so because of fear they want control well fear is not of god the Bible says that there is torment in fear. It, the, the, the thing is this. Are you ready for this? If you have fear in your life right now over anything, you are exalting that situation in the natural above the promises in the Word of God. It's really that simple. I, I mean, I, I wish I could make it sound more theological hermeneutical, whatever, <laughs> but I can't. It's that simple. 
You know what fear is? F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. That's why I said if the only thing that you focus on is in the natural and not God's word, the natural realm will deceive you. See, Lot Lot decided to choose a land that looked good to his eyes. Did you know that you can be deceived by your natural senses? Are you hearing me? You can be deceived by your natural senses. Lot seen a land that looked good with his eyes, and he made his decision, I want that land. But guess what? He went into that land, and it was like a Las Vegas, filled with sin, filled with corruption, and it brought harm. It it, it brought trials upon him that could have been avoided if he would have put it, allowed God to come into a situation and allowed God to give him wisdom to make the decision. And here's the thing. James says this. In the word of God, it says, does any of you lack wisdom? Let him ask. Let him ask of God. In fact, if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Turn with me to James chapter 1, verse five, verses 5 through 8. I want to read this to you. It's so important. It says, in James chapter 1, Verses 5 through 8. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Then it goes on to say this, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Are you hearing me? So this, these three verses give us some key, key points. It says, first of all, that God is a liberal giver. <laughs> God is a liberal giver to those that ask. He won't hold back. He says, ask him. He's saying, give me permission to bless you. Are you hearing me? Give him permission to bless you. Wouldn't that be something? That our prayer life stinks so bad. At the last day of our life, we die, we go into the presence of God, and God says this. Hey, he goes, why didn't you give me permission through prayer to bless you? Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine where you could have been walking in the blessing, you could have been walking in the wisdom of God, but because of your prayerlessness, you could have been walking in, in more revelation of God, more revelation of his word, more revelation of his anointing, more revelation of how to loose his power on this earth. But because of our prayerlessness, we didn't do it. And our life on this earth suffered we decided to go with what was good in our natural mind. We decided to go with what looked good to our natural eyes, and it was all a deception. The Holy Ghost is bringing Hollywood, California to my mind. It's raised up by the media as such a mecca, a mecca of paradise. That's the pinnacle of your career right there. If you can just get to Hollywood, that's it. Well, I'll tell you right now, we got celebrities, stars, and millionaires committing suicide every day. Hmm, I see a deception from Satan in that. And people are biting the bait. They're going with what looks good to the eyes. They're, they're going what looks good to their natural mind in their own plan. It's called pride. Pride is going your own way instead of God's way. Humility, biblical humility, means being open to, surrendering, and obeying God and putting him first. It's that simple. 
So this reveals to us that God is a liberal giver. He will give without reproach. Did you know the prosperity of God? He gives, and he adds no sorrow to it, the Word of God says. But it's for those who will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His way of doing things. If you will seek him first and his righteousness, his way of doing things, it says he will add prosperity to you and and success to you in every area of your life. And he will not add sorrow with it. So my thing is this. If he adds without sorrow, but you have a lot in your life and you have sorrow, guess what? You're out of step with the will of God, period. Your life is a mess. You're out of your purpose, your God-given purpose for your life, and you need to get back on track, and you need to seek the Lord. You need to fill yourself with the Word of God. Seek God. Ask for wisdom. Lord, what changes do I need to make? And if you're an unbeliever listening to me right now, your daddy is Satan. And guess what? You're at the mercy of whatever he throws at you. Sure, he might give you a level of worldly success and finances, but I'm telling you right now, you're going to pay a huge price for it in the end. One being eternal life in hell and in the lake of fire forever without the Lord Jesus Christ. So God is a liberal giver. He says, ask and I will give. He said, but that person, that Christian, that disciple that's asking, he better ask in faith without doubting. Because double-mindedness will hinder the answer from coming. Are you hearing me? What's double-mindedness? Oh, I believe God. Yeah, yeah, God, please uh, deliver my husband from this uh, drinking addiction. And then speaking words like, he's never going to quit. He's never going to quit. You need to start lining your words up with your prayer. Are you hearing me? Mark eleven twenty two through 24. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. That literally says in the original, have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That's a spiritual law of the power of your words. You can have whatever you say. The the key is this, having faith in them. And people are speaking negative confessions and believing it. And guess what? They receive it because when they let those words fly, they had faith in those words. And then listen to this, verse 24. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Listen to this. He said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, underline the phrase, when you pray, you will have them. The point is this. We are expected to have faith. We are expected to believe God for that thing we're praying for when we pray. At the point that we begin to pray, The Bible says, Jesus said, that we need to believe when we pray, not after. So I I found this out, that, that a lot of us Christians have done this. We pray for something, and we don't have an ounce of faith when we pray. But then we start to get into the Word and try to build our faith up. But we're doing it wrong. Let's, if we want Bible results, let's do it the Bible way, right? Jesus said, when you pray, believe, and you will have them. The moment those words come out for our prayer, we need to believe. That's why we need to build our – it would be wise of us to build our faith for a certain thing we're believing God for and going to pray for. Build your faith for it before you pray for it. Why? Because that's what the word says to do. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? So start filling yourself with the Word of God. I'll be back 
in a moment. end of the broadcast, but just remember this. God's ways are higher than our ways. I've heard that in the negative context, and people, you are wrong. God's ways are higher than our ways. It means his expectations are greater than our expectations. His plans are better than our plans. Don't buy the lie of the enemy. Don't attribute that verse with sickness, disease, or bondage. Those things are an enemy. They are not the will of God. Father, I speak healing. I speak total, complete healing over every person right now that needs it. I command every sickness, every disease, every infirmity in these people's lives to come out in the name of Jesus. I command every, uh, every cancerous cell right now to die and dissolve and new and healthy cells to be formed in place in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I pray that these individuals would experience your power, would experience your glory, would experience your manifest presence in their life like never before. Oh, Lord, take them higher. Take them higher. Connect them with individuals, Lord God. Connect them. Divine connections. Divine connections, Lord God. And use them in a mighty, mighty way. Grand Rapids, Michigan, I will see you this Saturday at 6 p.m. for a revival experience at the Holiday Inn South, Grand Rapids. For more information, go to jamesbrant.org. Go to revivalchristian.org. You can sign up, subscribe to my uh, ministry email list at revivalpodcast.org. You can also listen or read, and you can listen to, the testimony of my supernatural experience that happened back in 2007. Detroit, Michigan, Saturday, July 14th, 7 p.m., at the Concord Inn in Rochester Hills, Los Angeles, California. I'm coming back, 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 back for more. I want to see you in Santa Ana, California at the Courtyard Marriott. Again, for more information, go to jamesbrandt.org, revivalchristian.org, Grand Rapids. Get ready for a Holy Ghost party. See you then. 